Greetings, family, and welcome to another day at Graceway Church. It's always a pleasure, it's always an honor to stand before you, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. Text someone and say, Graceway Church service has started. We continue our series of living a bold life, of living with boldness, of reaching out with boldness. And today, I am going to be speaking on the subject of love. I'm going to be speaking on the topic of love. I want to encourage you. I want to urge you just to stay with us because God has a word for you today, a word that's different on the subject of love than that which you've had in the past. And another thing about the gospel, another thing about the word of God is that repetition brings revelation. With repetition, the product of repetition is revelation. There is something that God wants to reveal to you today on this topic of love that I am going to be sharing today on. And the title is Love Matters to God. Love boldly. Love matters to God. Therefore, love Boldly, glory to you, Jesus. The Bible says when all is said and done, three things will remain forever. And these three things are faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these three is love. Today, child of God, I'm saying love matters to God because of the three things that will remain forever. Love is the greatest of them all. Glory to you, Jesus. I am so excited today to be sharing on this topic of love. Love matters. You know, family, if the world were to embrace love, if the world were to completely start showing love to each other, start showing love to each of the nations, this world would be a different world. So God is encouraging us. God is requesting us. God is challenging us to live a life that is demonstrative of his love, a life that is a life of boldness, a life that loves boldly, a life that loves audaciously, a life that loves abundantly. Glory to you, Jesus. One time, Jesus is asked by a lawyer who was trying to test him, and the lawyer asked him, teacher, of all the law, which is the greatest? And Jesus says to him, love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. That is the first and great command in the law. There is another one. It is the second one, just as equally important, as great as the first one, and it is to love your neighbor as yourself. So, child of God, God expects us to love him, not just with a part of our heart, but with all our heart. Not just with a part of our soul, but with our entire soul. Not just with a part of our mind, but with our entire mind. That is why the Bible encourages us to say, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, if there's anything that's admirable, if whatever is of excellence, whatever is of praiseworthy, think on those things. So let your mind in its entirety 
be loving God. Let your mind be always imitating God. Let your mind be always focusing on God. You have the mind of Christ. Glory to you, Jesus. So when Jesus was here, his entire life, his mind, his soul, his heart was on God. Glory to you, Jesus. He loved God so much that he said, I will go to the cross. Let not my will but your will be done, God, because I love you. And out of love, obedience flows. Glory to you, God. Glory to you, Jesus. Today, I'm not going to be speaking about the first commandment. I'm going to be speaking to you about the second, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. Glory to you, Jesus. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. John 13, verse 34, Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. We are commanded, a new command has been given to us. A new law has been given to us to love one another as Christ loved us. Glory to you, Jesus. I want to encourage you this morning to start to continue to grow in your love for your neighbor, to grow in your love for one another, to love your neighbor boldly, to love one another audaciously, to love one another abundantly because God so loved the world that he loved it so boldly. He loved it so abundantly that he gave all that he had. He gave his only begotten son so that through him we could receive salvation. Glory to you, Jesus. Oh, God, we love you because your love for us is abundant. Your love for us is bold. Your love for us is immeasurable. Your love for us is unconditional, my God. Love is your character. God is love. We love you, God. And we thank you that you loved us, not because of who we are, not because of what we've done, not because of our ancestors, but you loved us because you are just love. Glory to you, Jesus. Text someone and say, God is love. And God commands us. God wants us to love boldly because love matters to God. This is bold love. God loved us so much that whilst we were still in sin, whilst we were still in our transgression, he sent his son to come and die for us. It was not dependent on whether we had repented from sin and started to follow him and started to be obedient to him. No, it did not take us for God to send his son. He decided because he's a God of love. He made a promise when we fell that he would send his son. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you again, God. The book of Ephesians, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 to 2, the Bible says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. Walk in love. May your steps be bold in love as Christ has loved us. Glory to you, God. If in this world, every one of us were to start to show bold love, audacious love, abundant love, unconditional love, there would be no crime, there would be no wars, there would be no abuse, there would be no rape, there would be no jealousy, 
There would be no gossiping. Because why would you want to gossip about someone that you love? Why would you want to commit adultery with someone when you have your wife? Why would you want to fornicate with someone that you know you are not married to? You're not respecting them. Why would you go to war with your enemy if the world loved like God did? There wouldn't be war. There wouldn't be conflict. I believe that if we all started in our quiet corners, in our little corners, if we all started in our areas of influence and started loving boldly, we would start to see the world turning around. We will start to see the will of God manifest on earth. Glory to you, Jesus. I am encouraging you this morning with this message that God wants you to love boldly. Love matters to God. Love is the, one of the most important things to God. First John chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says, Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. It goes on in verse 20 and says, If anyone says, I love God, God. If anyone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar because you cannot love someone that you cannot see, but not love someone that you see. If you're saying to yourself, I love God, yet you hate your neighbor. The Bible says here, how can you hate someone that you see and yet claim you love the one that you cannot see? You are a liar. That's how important, that is how serious God looks at love. And he says, you've got to love because I am love. Love comes from me. If you don't love, it means you don't know me because that is me. That is love. That is who I am. Glory to you, Jesus. Child of God, love matters to God. Love matters to God. Love is one of the most important things things to God. He loved us so much that even when we had fallen, his love was still there because he loved us before the foundations of the earth. Before he decided to create the earth, he had long loved us. He knew we were going to fall, but his love did not stop. Even when Jesus hung on the cross and he was being spattered, he was being whipped, his love for us did not stop because love matters the most to God. While we were in sin, out of love, God reconciled us to him. Glory to you, Jesus. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Bible speaks about love. And it just shows there as well from verse 1 to 3, it shows how important love is to God. Everything else, if it's not grounded on love, it is nothing. He says here, if you can speak in all languages of earth and of the angels, yet you do not love. Such languages that you are speaking are nothing but a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. He says next, if you had the gift of prophecy and could tell anew all the secrets of God and possessed all knowledge, all knowledge, nothing was lacking. You knew all the secrets of God, but you did not love others. You would be nothing. 
He goes on to say, if you have faith, such faith, to move mountains and yet don't love others, you are nothing. That is nothing. He goes on and says, if you can give everything to the poor, even to the extent of sacrificing your body, and you can boast about that, but if there is no love for other people, that is a waste that doesn't profit you, that doesn't get you anywhere, because there is no love. It goes on to verse 8 of chapter 13. It says, love never fails. Love never fails. It says, prophecies will fail. Tongues will cease. And knowledge will vanish. But love never fails. Prophecy will fail. But love never fails. Tongues will cease. But love never fails. Knowledge will vanish. But love never vanishes. Glory to you, Jesus. The greatest of these is love. The greatest of the three that will remain being faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. So love matters to God. Love is more important to God. I've just shared with you things that people can be able to do, prophesy, speak languages, give so much that they even sacrifice their bodies. But if there is no love, all of that, it is useless. All of that, it is nothing because love matters to God. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says, Above all, love each other deeply. Above everything, love each other deeply. Because I loved you, I am love, you are my children, I expect you to love each other deeply. God is saying, Everyone that is on earth was created in my image and in my likeness. Yes, you fell. Yes, you fell. But everyone that was created, therefore, when you see someone, you are seeing my creation. When you see someone, especially those that accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are seeing me. That is why to God, it is very important that we love each other. That is why Jesus, towards the end of the book of Matthew, he says, I will come back to collect my own. I will separate the sheep from the goat, and to the goat I will say to you, go and be cast away, because when I was hungry, you did not give me food. When I was sick, you did not show up to me. When I was thirsty, you were not there. When I was in prison, you were not there. They would ask, where were you? We didn't see you. And Jesus says, I will say that person that you turned away, that was me. So here, child of God, let us just embrace this because when you love someone, you are loving God's creation. When you love someone, you are loving a safe soul. When you love someone, you are loving a temple in whom the Holy Spirit dwells in and the Holy Spirit is God. When you show love, when you love that person deeply, then you are demonstrating you 
are showing your love for God. Glory to you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14 says, Do everything in love. Child of God, I don't want to scare you, but this is a serious matter. In as much as we can be talking about love, but it is very important that we understand that we have been given a commandment to love each other. The Bible in 1 John chapter 3, verse 14 to 15 says, We know that we have passed from death to life. Why? Because we love each other. It goes on to say, anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or a sister is a murderer. And we know that murderers will not have eternal life. We know that murderers will not see God. We know that murderers will not be with God unless they accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and repent of their sin and start to walk with Christ. It only takes accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. It first says here, Anyone who hates a brother or a sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. We know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you. Child of God, we have been lifted from death to eternal life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who does not love remains in death. You may be asking, what is bold love? What is to love boldly? Let me start by saying, love has to be demonstrated. Love has to be demonstrated. The Bible says, God demonstrated his love for us. That whilst we're in sin, Christ died for us. First John chapter 3 verse 16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. This is how we know. Jesus demonstrated. He did not only just speak, but he demonstrated. Love without action is not love. There can be no love without action. There can be no love without action. While we were in sin, God loved us so much that he acted. He acted. He didn't care whether we were going to receive his son. He didn't care. He acted. And glory to Jesus, you have an opportunity to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Now, let me just look at a story in the Bible that will help us illustrate what loving boldly is. Because it matters to God. It matters. Go back and read First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 to 3. It matters that you love. It matters that there is love in everything that you do. In everything that you do, do it with love. This story is found in the book of Luke. I think it's Luke chapter 10. It's a story where a lawyer has asked Jesus how he can receive eternal life. And Jesus asked him, what does the law say? 
How do you interpret it? How do you read it? And the lawyer responds correctly, referring to the two great commandments, to love God with all of your heart, and it adds strength there as well, and he says, love your neighbor as yourself, and Jesus says, you've answered correctly, therefore go and do as you have said. And this lawyer trying to justify himself, because he was testing Jesus right up front, he then tries to justify himself and says, no, I've answered correctly, but tell me, who is my neighbor? Then Jesus starts to tell the story about a man that is walking between two cities, and on his way, he gets robbed, he's beaten up, his belongings are stolen, and he's left to die. He's left half dead. And Jesus says the first person to walk by is a priest. He sees this man, and he walks he starts to move away. He walks on the other side of the road and continues on his journey. The second one is a Levite, a one who works, who assists priests in the temple. He comes and he sees this man badly hurt. He's half dead. And he also follows the footsteps of the priest, crosses over and walks on the far end. And then a third man is a Samaritan. He comes and as he sees this man that is lying there, bleeding, half naked, almost dead, he's moved with compassion. Instead of moving away, he comes to him and starts to bandage him. He bandages him and then he pours his own oil, his own wine, so that he can clean their wounds, etc. And then he takes this man that he does not know from a bow of soap, he takes him puts him on his own animal and walks to an inn. And when he gets to an inn, he gets a room and he continues to take care of him. This Samaritan, the Bible says, was on a journey. Whereas to the others, the Bible doesn't tell us that they were on a journey. All it says is that they were walking and they came across this robbed man. Coming back to the Samaritan, who's on a journey. He spends the night there and the following day, he goes to the innkeeper and says, Innkeeper, here is money. I want you to take care of this man. I'm hoping that this money is enough. On my way back, I will pay you any shortfall. He goes. And then Jesus then turns around to the lawyer and says, Okay, now tell me who of the three men has proved to be a neighbor to the wounded man. And the man says, the one who showed compassion. And Jesus once again says, you are right. Go and do the same. Go and do the same. Now, here is a situation where this lawyer wanted Jesus to describe to him, to explain to him who a neighbor is. And Jesus flips it around and says, you go and prove yourself to be a good neighbor. It's not the next person that needs to prove themselves as a neighbor, but you are the one that must prove yourself as a worthy neighbor. You are the one that must prove yourself that you are worthy of being called a neighbor. Now, this is bold love. This is bold love. And what is bold love? Bold love is how the Samaritan responded. This Samaritan did not know this person from above soap. This Samaritan was on a journey, but he stopped 
filled with compassion. He saw someone in need of help and responded and did not say, I am on a journey. This guy might be a Jew. I'm a Samaritan and Jews hate me. So Jew, you deserve it. No, bold love crosses race groups. Bold love crosses gender. Bold love crosses enemies. Glory to you, Jesus. This man demonstrated what bold love is. Bold love removes the focus from self. The others were saying, this thing will disturb me. Let me walk on this side. Let me pretend as if I don't see it. But he saw and he was moved with compassion. Bold love moves you with compassion. Like Jesus, every time Jesus saw something, he was moved with compassion. And compassion caused him to respond. Glory to you, Jesus. I said to you, bold love cuts across race groups. I'm saying to you, child of God, if we begin to love each other, irrespective of race, irrespective of tribe, if we stepped out of that, we would see change in our community. We would see change in our children. We will see change in our lives. I'm asking, I'm pleading with you, be Bold in your love because bold love is colorblind. Bold love is race indifferent. Bold love is tribe indifferent. Glory to you, Jesus. The Samaritan did not come close to say, you know, is this a senior person? What can I get from him? What can I get in return? No, he just responded because he saw someone, a human being, God's creation, he saw God's creation in pain and he was moved with compassion because God is not a respecter of person. God loves all of us. God loves all of us, child of God. We did not expect any payback. Even when he left the man at the inn, he did not say, tell this man to wait for me until I come back or here is my phone number. Tell him to call me, to thank me. No, he did not do that. He did not check whether is this a commander, is this a king. He did not. He just came in there and assisted. I'm saying to you, child of God, in this world, there's a tendency to reach out to those who we think can assist us, to reach out to those who we think will pay us back, to reach out to those who we think are senior in community, who we think are senior at work because they will return our favor. This man loved boldly. He responded boldly. It did not matter to him whether that guy who had been robbed was a beggar, whether he was a commander. It did not matter to him. A soul had been wounded. A soul needed help. Child of God, I'm saying to you this morning, bold love looks for opportunities where someone is in need and comes in to help. Bold love does not turn a blind eye. Bold love does not walk onto the other side of the road. Bold love does not look that way. Bold love does not turn to the other side. But bold love looks at the situation and is moved and is moved to say, I need to help here. Jesus takes it to another level. He says, I know you have heard that you are to love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. I say to you, 
Bless those who curse you. I say to you, do good to your haters. I say to you, pray for those that persecute you. Jesus takes it to another level. He says, don't just love your friends. Love those that hate you. Because how different are you from the Gentiles if you only love your friends, if you only love those that love you? I'm saying to you, reach out to those that they hate you. Reach out to those that persecute you. Reach out to those that curse you and show God's love. Because God did not wait for us to be aligned, did not wait for us to repent for him to send his son, for him to demonstrate his love for us. He did not wait for that. So don't wait for the person to be a friend of yours. Love people irrespective of who they are, irrespective of whether they like you or don't. Show love to them, child of God. I am pleading with you, show love. This is the command. This is the new command that Jesus gave us. He says, love one another as I have loved you. Do so as I have loved you. Glory to you, Jesus. Bold love is love that loves the enemy. Bold love is love that loves the one that curses you. Bold love is love that does good to your haters. Bold love is the love that prays, that prays for those that hate you, that prays for those that persecute you. And your prayer is not that fire from heaven come down upon them. But your prayer is, Lord, bless them. Lord, give them breakthrough. Lord, anoint them. Lord, favor them. Lord, be on their side. Lord, may your love manifest in their lives. Father, may your miracles manifest in their lives. And you'll see the good hand of God. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. Now, as I bring this message to a close, I just want to cover a few points on how you can love boldly. I've told you that love is important to God. I've told you that. I've also explained to you, given you an example of how Bold love is, it loves the enemy, it goes beyond just loving a friend, it is the love that the Samaritan showed while the priest and the Levite walked away, but he came in and loved, he came in and showed love, he took yeah, his interest, put it aside and focused on what that person needed child of God, I'm saying to you, even in your family, start focusing on the need of your children. Start focusing on the need of your wife. May it not always be about you. Even at church, when you do open and come back to church, may it not be about myself and I, but may it be, how can I help someone? The Bible says, let us not use the freedom that we have been given to meet the desires of our flesh, but let us use it to serve others with humility and love. Let us use it to humbly serve people in love. Glory to you, Jesus. Now, how do I love boldly? How do I love boldly? Glory to you, Jesus. You can love boldly because you've been empowered to love boldly by the one who loves you boldly. You've been empowered to love boldly because of the one who loves you. He has empowered you to love 
boldly. Let me just take a few points here. You know, for you to be able to love boldly, first of all, you need to understand that you are loved by God. If you never comprehend, if you never embrace that you are loved by God and God's love is in you, it is difficult to give out to people that which you don't have. You cannot love people with God's love if you don't know God. John 16 Verse 27, the Bible says, For the Father himself loves you because you love me. This is Jesus. For the Father himself loves you because you love me. Then Jesus also says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. John 15 verse 9, he says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. So the first verse I read, he says, God loves you. And then he goes and says, as the Father has loved me, I love you. So you've got God, you've got Jesus loving you, and we know that they are one. But he separates it here for us to comprehend how immense, how abundant, how massive, how great this love is. He says, the Father loves you. The Father has loved me, and I love you with the same love that the Father loves me. Then lastly, he says in his prayer, praying to believers in John 17. This is where he takes it to another level. And he says in John 17, verse 23, he says, I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and you love them as much as you love me. Glory to you, God. This is a time to give God a praise because sometimes we get stuck in some of the verses and think that God only loved his son. But Jesus here says in his prayer before he goes to the cross, he says, you have loved them. You love them as much as you love me. There is no difference between how you love them and how you love me. When I was on earth, you provided everything. You love them, you'll provide provide them with everything. When I was on earth, I healed. You've given them the ability to heal. That is why I said they will lay hands and people will be healed. Lord, you love them just like you love me. You love them just like you love me. I lack nothing. I'm saying to you, child of God, you need to understand that God loves you. You need to understand that God cares for you. Before you can begin to love others because his love that will dwell in you, God is love when he sits in you as the Holy Spirit's fruit is love, joy, peace. When he sits in you, when he comes and dwells in you, he comes with his love. But here, Jesus was saying, Father himself loves you. He says, the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Then he goes on into his prayer and says, may they experience such perfect unity that the world may know that you sent me and that you love them. That the world may know, that the believers may know that you love them as you love me. Then another verse, 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 
to 17 aspects of it say, we know how much God loves us. We know. We know how much God loves us. And our trust is on this love. Then it goes on to verse 17 and says, as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. As we live in God, we know that he loves us. Therefore, our trust is in his love. As we grow in God, our love is made perfect. Child of God, it all starts by knowing that God loves you. It all starts by knowing that God loves you like he loves his son, Jesus Christ. Glory to you, Jesus. I've already said this one, but the second point is love comes from God. The Bible in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says, Dear friends, let us love one another. Oh. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and once again knows God. Friends, let us love one another. Love comes from God. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. The love of God, God's love is not lacking in your heart. It is there. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Glory to you, Jesus. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. We have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. So we have in us the Holy Spirit, the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of self-control, not a spirit of fear. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. Thirdly, the first one, I said, you need to know that you are loved by God. The second one, I said, love comes from God. The third one is God teaches us how to love. God teaches us how to love. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 says, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourself are taught by God to love one another. I don't have to spend time with you. He's speaking to the Thessalonians and saying to them, I should not be concerned much about on this brotherly love with you because God has taught you to love one another. First John chapter 4, it's a verse that we read earlier on. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. John 15, verse 4 and 5, Jesus is speaking and saying we must remain in him as he remains in us. He says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Child of God, God abiding in the vine, it teaches you to love. Abiding in the vine, you are not there to produce. You are there to be the extension 
of the vine. You are just a branch. It is the vine that produces through the branches. That is why the Bible in Galatians chapter 4 verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Because you have the Spirit in you. And if you allow the Spirit to take control of your life, if you allow the Holy Spirit to take charge and be on the driving seat, you will begin to bear fruit, and such fruit will be love. The first one is love. Such fruit will be joy. Such fruit will be peace. Such fruit will be long-suffering. Such fruit will be kindness, gentleness, and faithfulness. Glory to you, Jesus. As I conclude, grow in your love. Grow in your love, child of God. You are expected to grow in your love for a neighbor, in your love for everyone. Don't just stagnate. You should be growing in your love for your neighbor. You should be growing in your love for the lost. You should be growing in your love for believers. First Thessalonians 3, the Bible says, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May the Lord, this is Paul praying, may the Lord make your love for each other increase and overflow. He goes on again to say in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, he says, we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. So Paul is seeing love growing. Paul is seeing faith growing. And he says we continue to give thanks for you. We ought to always be thankful to God. Your love for one another needs to increase and not diminish. It needs to go to higher levels because you are not loving because that person deserves to be loved. You are not loved because you deserve to be loved. No, you just love because that person is a child of God. You love because that person is God's creation if they have not been saved. You love because you are commanded to love. The Bible says, love your enemies. Oh, glory to you, Jesus. As I draw this message to a close, going back to what Jesus said to the lawyer that was asking about his neighbor, Jesus says in Luke 10, verse 36 to 37, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robbers? And the man said, the one who showed compassion to him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do the same. I'm saying to you, child of God, from this message today, go and do the same. Go and do the same. Change the world. The world is looking for people like us. People are hurting. Your word of love, your word of encouragement can change someone's life. Someone that has given up. Someone that has decided that they are going to commit suicide. Someone that has lost hope. Someone that has given up on his family. A word of love from you. 
could just be what that person needs to turn around and have hope to turn around and start believing that God loves him. Send words of love to people. Show compassion to those that you know and those that are your enemies, those that hate you. Don't just love people because you know them, because you're expecting something from them. Love them without expecting anything in return. Father, we thank you for your word. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor just lifting up your name this morning, glorifying your name, my God. Father, there is none like you. There will never be anyone like you. We thank you that you teach us to love, my God, as we step out today in our walks and beyond today, Father. May we just show love. Jesus, you commanded your disciples and us as well that we should love each other so that the world can see that we are your disciples. My God, we thank you. May we all just step out today and beyond, just showing love so that the world may begin to know that there is a God that loves and his love is shown through these people. We thank you, God, in Jesus' most precious name. Before I close, I would like just to allow someone who hasn't made Jesus Lord and Savior just to do it because God loves you, not because you're fearing going to hell or you are buying an insurance. No, you are just doing it because God so loved you that he sent his son for you so that his coming down is not in vain. So if you haven't accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, if your path is not right, if you are not sure if you are to die today where you'd go, it's a moment for you to reflect. It's a moment for you to decide that today is the day that I accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you make the decision, you're not being forced just make the decision on your own there. It's the greatest decision you will ever make in your life. If you've made the decision, let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I was a sinner today. God, I pray that you forgive me my sins. I know my sins are forgiven through the blood of Jesus, through what Jesus did on the cross. Today, I am a new creation. Today, I am born again. New things are starting in my life. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming and dwelling in me. Holy Spirit, you are going to begin a journey with me. I thank you, God. I am a new creation. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. If you've said that prayer, I would like to encourage you just to send us a text on this number that is showing on the bottom so that we can connect with you. Father, we give you the glory. We lift up your name. We thank you, Father, for those that have made this decision. We lift up your name. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. The angels in heaven are, are rejoicing and so is the brethren rejoicing for that soul, for those souls that have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior today. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.